Hi, this is Daniel Britt. This is not an interview segment,、uh, but because there's been so much interest over the death of Anthony Berger and in his funeral、uh, and a lot of internet traffic, I've decided to make this、uh, this segment、uh, a podcast feature. It's an excerpt from the Anthony Berger funeral that took place at Christ Church in Nashville, among many industry people.、Uh, the first voice you'll hear is that of Russ Taff. And then it moves into、uh, the clip that has been going around the internet a lot, the Bill Gaither clip,、uh, the eulogy, the story of Anthony saving the day when David Phelps missed his cue. So, without further ado, here they are: Russ Taff and Bill Gaither commenting on the late Anthony Berger. We wanted to say hello to all the people who are watching on the internet all over the world right now. That loved Anthony, and we are glad that you are with us right now, and celebrating his life. And very quickly, we wanted to tell just a few stories, but I wanted to say for all of the artists that were on the ship with Anthony,、uh, Anthony received Jesus when he was nine years old, and it profoundly changed his life. And Lou Anne, he would have been very proud of you the way that you carried yourself. After he died, he walked with dignity and grace. And that night, Bill and Gloria pulled us all together, and Gloria said, "We believe what we believe." And Bill said, "Let's do what we do." And folks, we sang, and we were good. We were on at sea the next day, and we sent Anthony home with love and joy and respect. One of my favorite stories of Anthony is,、uh, and Lewis told me this, and Anthony told me this when he was first with the Kingsmen. There a short time, and if you knew Anthony, and all of us knew him, and watched him for years and years and years, and just the. An incredible, incredible showman, and he was with the Kingsmen. It was a small stage, and he had his piano right by, and there was an orchestra pit there. And he did this long run, long run, and、uh, you know Anthony, he would always play it up. You know, when it was a ten, he would make it an eleven, just for a good laugh. But this night he made it a fifteen, and he went off the piano, and. Fell and went up in the orchestra pit <laughs> with his piano bench coming down on top of him, and within just a few seconds, here come the piano bench flying back up on top, and here come these little bitty fingers trying to get back up, and he come climbing back up. And of course, Anthony made it a part of the show, took a bow, and got a standing ovation. Bill coined a phrase for our heaven video, and we have used it for so many that we have said goodbye to. And who knows if we'll all be together again like this? But Anthony, and all the artists that did so well on the boat, that held the banner, and let me just say this too: there were so many great reports. 
from cabin stewards to waiters in the dining hall that saw how Christians celebrate when someone dies. And it had a profound effect on that ship. For all the artists that were on their ship, that ship, Anthony would have been incredibly proud of you. And for you folks, for the artists that are sitting behind me, for all the people that are watching on the internet right now, see you at the house. Somebody asked Coach Dean Smith what he taught. Uh, uh, I mean, what basketball techniques did he teach to Michael Jordan? <laughs> and he said, uh, you, you don't teach Michael Jordan much about basketball. He said, I hope I, hope I taught him something about life. Because uh, genius is genius. And that word is overused a lot. But if we've ever had a genius in our field... This young man was one of the most talented young geniuses I think I've ever heard. I uh, was talking. <laughs> I was talking with Henry Slaughter, also one of the great gospel key- keyboard players of all times, and. And as old timers like to do when you get together, we'd, we'd say, "Okay, let's name the top, the top basses and the top quartets and the top instrumentalists." And when we came to the pianist, he said, uh, "You know, I think Anthony is in a category all of his own, and he's been there uh, for 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 many years." And that's very, very true. And I say this uh, in the presence of some wonderful musicians, and they know exactly what I'm saying. He was able not only to play gospel, but he could play classical. And when Jesse came along, he said, you want to go to black church? I'll help you get there. And uh, and he could play jazz. He could play anything you put before him. He just loved to play. And pretty soon, he would catch on to it. Secondly, uh, as many of these uh, musicians are, they not only were road musicians, they could go into the studio and read any kind of complicated chart you want to put in front of them. That's not easy to do. And he did that. And he did it very well. Then he would go out on the weekends with us. And for a four-hour program, for three hours and 40 minutes, he would sit there in a servant role. Now, you think of this. Just as a servant, helping everybody else look as good as they could be. Helping them in every kind of a way. And when it was time for him to do his showboat thing, buddy, he could pour it on. And you knew. I saw him last summer at the Stamps, at Ben School, uh, Spear School, Stamps Baxter School. 200, 300 kids. He came in there and gave that everything he had, the same kind of performance that he did that we're going to play for you in just a second, uh, in Toronto in front of 16,000 people. It did not make any difference to Anthony. He, and, and when he got done at night, he was sweating. I said, man, you work hard no matter who shows up, don't you? And he just grinned and laughed because that was Anthony. So he was a born genius. And secondly, i got to say, in my, in my experience, I don't know of anybody in our field who has been a harder worker and would show up every night on time and was there for the first note clear to the very last note. It would just, 
uh, Brother Berger, you must have taught him well about working. That boy knew how to work. He wrote the manual on working. And for many young artists, I never forget I'm talking to James Blackwood. I said, I get this question asked all the time for you young artists. And they say, how do you get into this field? And James said this. It was very true. He said, you have to have a certain degree of talent to get into the room. But after you get into the room, then it's just a lot of plain old hard work and showing up for work every day and every time. And Anthony, you wrote the book on that. I could go on and on and on. But the one story that the family wanted me to share with you was, and there are a lot of road stories, okay? We were in Fargo, North Dakota. I told this story. All we have to say is Fargo, and he gets a laugh. <clears throat> I told this story on the ship, and a guy stood up and said, I was there that night. He was in Fargo. Every night, as I say, it's a four-hour program. So about two and two and a half hours into the program, it would be about time for Anthony's solo or, or it would be time for David Phelps' solo, and then the vocal band would come on. Well, as is the case from time to time, artists do this every night. And so David and Guy, I think, were on the bus. Uh, Guy said, that's not, I, I wasn't, you can argue with me later, but I think they were on the bus. <laughs> not paying attention, Okay. <laughs> And so the program went on, and my dad told me later that he'd gone out and said, hey, you guys, you better get ready. And they got caught up doing something else. So it came time for David's solo. Now, it's his big anthem that he wrote uh, in of the beginning. And it starts out with the house lights going down real low, and then this big rumble, uh, synthesizing rumble that comes through the big PA set. Sounds a little bit like WWF. And, uh, you know. You were ready for Hawk Hogan to be walking through the smoke. You know, where is he? I'm going to get it. Well, it came up. The intro came up, and the tech guy said, where's David? I said, I don't know. So I sat down. He said, David's not here. What do you want us to do? I said, let it rumble. <laughs> True story. It kept rumbling and rumbling, and finally... It came to the part where he was saying, I was sitting on a plane the other day, and it told, it's a story song, and it's quite involved. Da, 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 da. The, the lyrics go on and on and on. No David. I kid you not, pretty soon I started hearing a little tinkling over on the other side of the stage. And here was Anthony. Pretty soon the light came up on him, a little pin light, a little bit broader. And then it got into the place where David would throw his arms and do all the stuff. And Anthony was throwing his arms and playing that thing. True story, right? Got to the end of it and did a brrrr. And the crowd arose to their feet and yelled and cheered. Standing ovation. It was so good that our marketing department, by the next week, had out a CD that says, Anthony Berger plays David Phelps hits. <laughs> I can repeat that story time and time again, the time that Janet's tape broke, and it was a very sophisticated uh, orchestra arrangement. Remember that night in Seattle? And he went on and played it, and played it like a champ. 
We're going to share two clips this afternoon. We're going to share the one now. Uh, one of his last ones that he did, I suppose, in Toronto. And it's the old uh, uh, Luther Presley song, I'm getting ready to leave this world. And man, he starts going. And let's let his playing speak for itself. And before we do this, Steinway Company provided this piano today, which is vacant without Anthony on it. But that's, uh, the Steinway Company uh, did this in honor and salute to Anthony. So here he is doing what he does best. <laughs> 